Hello, and welcome to Detangled, a podcast for salon pros. We're your hosts, Molly Getz and Kylie Garcia, full-time entrepreneurs, hairstylists, educators, and moms. Also, part-time comedians, so get ready for some great education and a few laughs. Hey, Kylene. Hey, Molly. What has been a major piece of financial advice that has changed your life? Oh, my gosh. So when my husband and I first got married, we did Financial Peace University. Um, it's like a DVD course with Dave Ramsey. You, do you remember DVDs? <laughs> That's so cute. I do remember DVDs. My internet is currently not working in my house, and I just had to explain to my four-year-old that the only way she can watch a movie is on a DVD, and she did not understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they were very dusty. I had to get them, yeah. dig them out from the very back of the closet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So we did this DVD course with Dave Ramsey. And one of the biggest things that really stuck out for me, because um, I feel like I was set up pretty well as far as like financial advice. My parents are, you know, do very well financially and taught me a lot growing up. But one thing that really, really like just blew my mind was he talks about this idea of a debt snowball and that's how you can get rid of all of your debts. So what I used to do was, you know, anytime I had a debt, which was like my student loan or my car payment or a credit card, I used to just like pay a little bit extra. Like I'd be like, oh, you know, my car payment's 250. I'll just throw 270 on it this time or whatever it might be. And I do that with like everything. Well, he w- he explained the idea of laying out all of your debts. So you like write down your smallest debt to your biggest debt. And then you just attack the smallest debt first. So whenever you do your budget, cool. you, you know, you get to the end of your budget and you're like, all right, I have like after all of our bills are paid and we have, you know, even down to like we have money for going shopping this month or we have money to go out to dinner this month. Anything that was left over, you throw at that debt. So like say it's 200 bucks, say it's 500 bucks, whatever it is, you throw it at that. So your car payment was 250, you're going to add 500 to it. So now you're paying 750 and that's, you're just going to pay it every month until that debt's gone. So you're paying off the smallest one really fast. And then once that payment is done, like once you've paid that completely off, you're going to take that whole entire payment and then add it to your next one. So that's why it's like a, that debt snowball. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Every, by the time you get down to paying off your last debt, you're going to be putting like a lot of money toward that last payment. But it's money that you were paying already anyway. You know, like a lot of times what happens if you don't budget money, it disappears. So even oh. if you don't, even if you are like, I'm going to go to Starbucks but I'm gonna budget that I went to Starbucks because otherwise like that money just disappears and you have no idea where it went why you spent it on something so any of that extra money just goes toward that debt and and adds to that debt snowball so when we first got married we you know my husband didn't have like a ton of financial advice growing up and so he was we had a car that we were kind of like upside down in that we ended up having to just pay to get rid of it. But we were able to pay off, like get rid of that situation and pay off my car in a year. And like it was for being so young and, you know, we didn't have kids at the time. So that's a, that's a whole nother expense. That's a whole nother topic of expenses. <laughs> um, but we were able to like just 
pay off that debt and it was so satisfying but I would have never I would have never been able to pay that off if I hadn't known to like start small and then build toward paying off your biggest thing oh I think that's so cool that's such a great piece of advice I've always heard about that Dave Ramsey learning um, style but I've never taken a Dave Ramsey course I've listened to a couple of his podcasts and things like that and it's always intrigued me but that's really cool yeah he can be a little intense (laughs) (laughs) but it's really good it's very you know it's really strict and I think that's that's like what it comes down to is like if you're not strict about it if you're not strict about planning and budgeting and then tracking what you did it's it just doesn't work yeah I feel like discipline (laughs) in every like course of life like you could apply this concept to anything whether it's like a relationship or financially or just working towards any goal that you could possibly think of the one thing that's either going to make or break you achieving it is is your discipline or lack thereof right what about you did you have some um, some life-changing financial advice well I actually have always really looked to I mean I've talked about him one million times at this point Michael Cole he is just I've always thought that he just gave really sound, very like feasible advice. Um, So for me, it was, um, I definitely was a hairstylist that fell into that fast life kind of uh, living. I do feel like there's an issue in our industry because we get paid for services like on the spot and we get gratuities on the spot Mm -hmm. and we have cash in hand so often. Like Right now, because we're in this post-COVID crisis world and a lot of people aren't carrying cash anymore. Actually, people weren't really carrying cash the past couple of years, but now so even more. Um, this is the least amount of cash I've had in my wallet my entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the first decade of my career, it was like I had more cash on hand than I knew what to do with. It, it felt like fun money all the time and that's exactly the that was always the problem and I think that's a huge problem with a lot of hair and beauty professionals is we we get that fast cash and then it just becomes like like you said it disappears Mm -hmm. I read in a Michael Cole book one time the idea it's kind of like a snowball idea but it was about putting money away and putting like a set amount of money away every single day so I started with my cash tips and for one calendar year, I disciplined myself to write down the amount of cash tips I was receiving every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily save the money, but I just wanted the awareness of how much cash I was just being handed at the end of every day. And so for an entire calendar year, I wrote it down in my tracking um, my tracking journal. <laughs> and this would have been, I was pretty sure I was like a level two stylist. So I was probably like 21 maybe. Um 21 or 22 years old and I didn't have I had like school debt I had probably a pretty minimal car payment at that time but I didn't have much I needed to be putting money towards and at the end of that calendar year I realized I had accumulated around $7,500 just in cash gratuity this is not paycheck this is nothing it was simply hey thanks for doing a great job here's a gift Mm -hmm. (laughs) and What happened after that is I actually threw up a little bit (laughs) because I hadn't saved hardly any of that money. So now since I built that awareness, I decided, okay, I have to do something about this. Like at that point I had been in this industry for maybe three years. Like if I would have 
save $7,500 a year just in tips. And that wasn't even in credit card tips, which is the scariest part. Like typically I, I usually see about 50, 50 cash tips versus credit card tips. So in three years, you know, you multiply $7,500 by three. I think that takes it to like $23,000 or something like that. I don't have a calculator out and my brain's slightly broken. So it's something around that. We'll say 20 grand. Like I could have done so much great stuff with that 20 grand. Yeah. So the next, so after that year of awareness, I decided that I was going to start taking my cash and putting a set amount away every day. So another simple math equation, I started to take $10 cash daily and I put it in a lot. Literally, I went and bought a lockbox because I couldn't trust myself. <laughs> and I gave my husband the key and I um, slid $10 a day into that lockbox. And by the end of the year, I took all that money and um, I can't actually remember what I did with that money. I can't remember if that was the year I deposited it into a an account to start like a Roth IRA. No, I don't think that was the year I did that. I think that was the year I had a down cash down payment for a car. Oh. It doesn't really matter, but like it was it was money that I completely would have blown on <laughs> who knows what. Mm-hmm. Probably shoes, honestly. Yeah. Um but that was the best thing I ever did and I think it all started with the awareness. Mm, I love that. I think it's so it happens so often in our industry. Um, whether it's you are getting cash tips or that you are booth rental and someone's handing you cash for their entire service, that we tend to think of that cash as like extra money or like we don't include it as our income. So I think the fact that you were aware of the fact that you made $7,000 more than what your W-2 said is like mind-blowing because Mm -hmm we might be discouraged if we were to only see like, oh, I, I, I worked really hard and I, you know, here's my W-2. Oh, but wait, there's $7,000 that's not showing up on my W-2, right? Right. So being aware that that, that tip money is income. It's not just extra money that, you know, we get to do whatever with. I mean, you can do with whatever you want with it, (laughs) but it is your income. It's part of your pay. Yeah. On average, a hairstylist will accumulate about 25% of their total income just in gratuities. 25%. I mean, that is a lot of money. Even if you're only, I shouldn't say only, even if you're a stylist that's bringing in, we'll say $25,000 a year. I mean, 25% of that, that's still a large chunk of change. And I have known stylists. I've actually been in this position before where that (laughs) <laughs> that that amount of money showing up or not showing up on my W-2 has literally prohibited stylists from getting a loan for a new car or a loan for a house or a loan for a business, you know? So it's just, it's a subject that has affected me on both sides of, of the playing field. And now that I can see how like having great credit and having, having a savings account and and claiming a proper amount of money on my, on my W2 at the end of the year has really benefited me. I mean, this last year, last year I was able to, um, get a 0% interest rate on a loan for a car that, I mean, it's just insane. I never in my life would I have thought I could actually get approved for something that wonderful, you Mm -hmm. know? (laughs) <laughs> 10 years ago they would have been like yeah no we we actually aren't giving you a loan for anything sweetheart <laughs> try try harder 
Go get a man to co-sign for you, would you? Yeah. Get you a man to do that. <laughs> well, we just really dove into that topic, didn't we? We sure did. We took it there. I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, I love, though, that you are talking about this idea of awareness because I'm looking over at this note that I have written down, which I'm pretty sure is from my summit coach, but then also comes from directly to him from Michael Cole, which is awareness, acceptance, action. So awareness that we need to we need to be aware of the money coming in. And then I have next to that, which I'm pretty sure you've quoted before in uh, one of our talks before, what we are not aware of controls us and what we are aware of we control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe more Mm -hmm. eloquently put for Michael Cole. Um, But like I think that even applies to tips. Right. If we aren't aware of the tips coming in, then it just disappears. But if we have that control or that awareness, then we get to control what we do with it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then it lead that leads to the acceptance of that, like realizing like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of extra income that I have. And then we get to take action from it. Action being like, what am I going to do with this extra money that I have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there were so many times I would like set a goal. I'm like, I'm going to save $10,000 this year. And then it's like, okay, so now what? Like, I have mm-hmm. this goal in mind, but then how do I even do that? And, you know, $10,000 to a lot of people sounds like a really large number. And, you know, to be honest, like slightly un- unobtainable. Like, as a 21-year-old, I was like, I could do it if, you know, I didn't do this or I didn't spend it on that or I didn't go to this place or whatever. And um, the difference between... The years that I was able to accomplish my financial goals and the years that I didn't was simply all about my lack of awareness of my own discipline. Mm-hmm. So on this topic, <laughs> I know that there are times where um, we get the F word, which is feelings <laughs> in the way of like it blocks our reality, right? Mm-hmm. What what? are your thoughts on on just like that that concept of getting your feelings in the way of your reality oh my gosh well i i don't want my like for my team listening to this podcast later on i'm not <laughs> i'm not calling you out but i am i'm using this as an example because you probably have experienced this too when you have your one-on-one meetings with your teammates and um you're like um, so how did September go? And they're like, well, I feel like it went really well. Or I feel <laughs> like it sucked. Like, that's that's just a feeling and that is not backed up by any evidence. And so I'm like, oh, so how do you think we could know for sure <laughs> instead of feeling? And they're like, oh, tracking my day tracking my week tracking my month and then when you at the end of the time at the end of that month you can be like oh instead of just feeling like I it sucked or feeling like it was great I actually know where I stand so I think like it's so easy to get um 
you know, in these little ruts, like, oh, I might have had a bad week or like even if you have like a client that just didn't go super well as far as your end result, that might even the feeling of that might transfer over into like my money isn't doing well because I felt like I didn't do a very good job, even though you might have actually done a great job the rest of the week, you know, that that feeling of not putting in as great of work might end up messing with your mind and causing you to like not be able to see reality of what kind of money you actually did. Yeah, like I had a client come and like return products that she purchased from me and I was like, oh crap, now I'm like in the hole. Mm-hmm. And it it's hard to not let that affect you. You're like, well, now I have to make up that, you know, $89 that I had accumulated and now it's it's back. And it even though it was like money that wasn't mine to begin with, um, you know, because I work in a commission salon. So it was like, you know, money that I was just earning by doing my job. It still felt like great. Now I have to dig myself out of that. And that can really affect someone um, and totally ruin their week for sure. Or their <laughs> some people, their month or like, you know, you do a color redo and then you spend or you do a color and then you spend like six hours redoing something for free. And that can really play tricks with like all those emotions can play tricks on your mind and make you feel like you suck or, you know, you've lost all this time and all this money. And, you know, now now it's going to take you forever to get back on track. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times like you ever have just like that your last week of of the month was terrible. So then it's like, <laughs> well, my last week was was really bad. So um that's all you can like think about because and then it just it almost ruins the whole month looking back because you think oh this this bad this bad week that I had and I you know and I have my one-on-ones with my employees like several times I've said how was you know how was the month and they're like oh I felt like it was bad and then we look and I'm like well what did you think was bad and they're like oh I felt like I had a lot of cancellations but then if we actually pull up the numbers it's like oh you had three you know like even though at the time like it felt like a ton yeah it's like a big shot to our egos because it's like what we do with what we create and do with our brains and our hands on people it directly affects their vanity it directly affects how they feel about themselves and if they don't feel good about what we've created then all of a sudden it's our I mean it's our fault completely you know Mm -hmm. we were the ones that made those formulation decisions. We're the ones that made, you know, those, the choices of just what techniques we were going to do. And then, yeah, it, it all just falls on our shoulders, which I mean, hello, that's also part of the job <laughs> that comes with the territory. But hairstylists, artists in general can be pretty emotional creatures, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's, and I am, I am definitely super um, emotion based. This whole concept has been a very difficult one for me to grasp onto just because of how naturally emotional I am. But I am very grateful that it was something that I really you know, disciplined myself to learn over the years, you know, taking the feelings out of it really. And I think that's when I really started to realize how much I loved math. When I started to put numbers together and the awareness of, you know, something as simple as, you know, two plus two equals four. Like that's something we learn at a very young age, but how can I apply simple math to my daily work? You know, 20 plus 20 equals 40. And that's two treatments a day. And if I do, you know, $40 in treatments every day that I work, 
that's going to give me, you know, this amount of money at the end of the week and then, you know, this amount of money at the end of the month. And then it just becomes like an obsession, um, Mm -hmm. which is good for someone like me who is super emotional about it. And I talk to Silas all the time who like, I hate math. I don't numbers aren't aren't nice to me. And I'm like, well, they're not a living, breathing thing. So you're just not being nice to yourself because you're using excuses to be barriers for like you just like getting that awareness. Right. Yeah, I think it's. It's really interesting because really when it comes down to it, it's just that the, in the end, the numbers don't lie. So, you know, we might have a feeling of here's here's how it went or here's how terrible it was or here's how great it was. But when we actually pull up the numbers, it's like, oh, OK, that's how it actually went. Yeah. Good, bad, indifferent. Just see see the numbers and don't see them as your enemy, too. You know, it's like that's. Because they don't lie, you know, that you always say, like, you get yourself a, a real friend that'll tell you the truth, even if it's like truth you don't want to hear. Like, mm-hmm. numbers are your friend. They're your true friend because they aren't a living, breathing organism. They're just simple math equations that give you your reality. And I think that's why I love it so much. And with like with budgeting, too, for for me as a salon owner, the numbers can be scary because you 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 put those numbers in and it tells you the truth. So it's like, you know, you're over budget in this area or you, um, you know, you actually spent more on this than you thought you did. Um, and sometimes it's disheartening because there's areas where we literally can't do anything about how much something costs. Like we might be in a rental situation that that's just how much our rent is, or we might have really expensive utilities and we just can't help that. Right. So it can be, it can be really disheartening when you look at that. But then when you have a budget and it tells you specifically, you know, here's how much to profit you should spend in this area. A lot of times when I do my budgeting, I end up being under in certain areas um, just because of the way we spend our money. Um, You know, for example, we own our building, so we can choose how much we pay in rent (laughs) to ourselves. (laughs) But then there's other areas where, you know, maybe it's summer and the utilities were more expensive or we have a credit card processing machine that we love, but it costs this much, (laughs) you know. Um, But then there's certain areas where you can adjust. And I think that's when it gets exciting because you realize, okay, I was over in that area, but I was under in this area. So it really equals out in the end. Yeah, I I think that's so important. Budgeting is just, ugh, it's such a crucial, a crucial element if you want to get ahead in life. And take it from me, who is not a natural budgeter, it has saved me in so many facets. Like, I, I can't even begin to describe at all. I feel like such a, such a, you know, when I started to, like, budget things, I'm like, wow, this is what being an adult is like. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. I think it's fun. You know what is difficult, though, is when you are in a relationship and the other person isn't on board with budgeting. Because I feel like a lot Mm. of times it like in a marriage, it's like we're going to budget this month. And the other person's like, nah. And then the next (laughs) month, that person's like, we're going to budget. And the first person was like, nah. (laughs) It's so hard to get on the same page. Right. Like. We're both doing this. We're both committing. Yeah. It's like having that accountability partner. Um, the times when I've like gone on like uh, weight loss challenges or or like yeah. budgeting challenges. It's like I can't do this alone. I have to have someone who's also doing this too. 
So if I'm like, hey, I'm not spending any extra money going out to eat this month besides like $30 a, a week. And I have that friend who's like tracking hers with mine. And like, okay, it's Friday. How much do you have left in your little like going out to eat bank? And she's like, only $7. And I'm like, okay, great. I won't pressure you to go in and getting dinner with me tonight then because <laughs> I have a $27 left. So maybe I'll just bank that for the, you know, for the next week. But yeah. yeah. You, ha- you got to have some, like, especially starting out, having accountability partner for any of this kind of stuff is, like, so important. Someone to hold you up, you know? It's also, I think, for me, I'm such a planner. It's so hard for me to accept things that come up, you know, like yeah. unexpected expenses. And especially, like, having kids and those unexpected expenses coming up. When I was like, that's not what I wanted to spend my money on, actually. I didn't want to have to take you to urgent care or the emergency room. or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, If you could try to not get injured because I, I, I didn't factor in that yeah. emergency room. It wasn't budgeted for this yeah. month. <laughs> <laughs> now we can't get the good kind of cookies at the grocery store, kid. <laughs> Enjoy that cast on your arm. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I would never be that cruel. <laughs> well, I'm like, I always just think about how how much money my son cost me literally the minute he came out of my body because (laughs) I planned on having a home birth and ended up in the hospital. So not only did I have to pay my midwives, but I also had to pay a hospital bill. Right. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's so much money, but yeah. So, you know, just like with, with budgeting, it's really important to plan your budget. So at the beginning of the month, knowing where you'd like to spend your money, but it's almost like pointless if you don't track at the end of the month. Like I might at the beginning of the month say like, this is, I want to spend this much on all on a restaurant or this much going shopping. But at the end of the month, if I ended up spending more than that, but never tracked it, then it's really hard to know where I stand. And I think that that applies just on like day to day in, in the salon. So I know we've we've talked about planning and tracking our day um, in in prior podcasts, but I don't feel I feel like this is a topic we could just talk about over and over and over again. And you and I both know like how this affects your world if you stick to planning and tracking your day. Am I right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. A million times over. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like the plan. The plan is what you have set out to accomplish and the tracking is what you know, that's like the numbers don't lie. What actually happened to you that day? And I'm telling you what, like there has been times where I was not disciplined in planning or tracking. And those were the the weeks, the months, even the year that I was disappointed in my bank account all the time. I would see my money get deposited and it's just like, oh, I thought my check would be more this month or like a nice big surprise when I'm like, oh, I think someone messed up payroll because I got a lot more money this month and I didn't think I did that well. So, you know, it's like you get full control over your money, whether you are taking care of paying yourself on your own or if you depend on a payroll advisor to take care of your money for you, you get total control. And I think that's that's the best part about our industry, right? Like we get... Mm -hmm. In in essence, we get to control our income. And again, this can be like a whole nother podcast topic that we can do sometime is how to control your income and grow your income. But, you know, we have we have full control over that. And so a lot of that has to do with the awareness of what the heck you're even doing on a daily basis. 
And when you get like obsessed with planning and tracking, it makes those days when you're a little slow or have the G word, which is gaps. Blech, hate that word. Um, but, you know, when you have openings in your schedule, it makes it a lot more clear to you, like how to attack those those kinds of situations um, instead of just sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. For sure. Yeah. Um, I love to if I do have the the gaps in my schedule, I especially <laughs> like to plan for those gaps and you know what I love to do with those is work on my social media content at that time so something that I've been doing a ton of is whenever I go to plan my day which we you know we use this the summit um yeah the social digital planner yeah social digital (laughs) planner so when I'm going through and planning you know what clients I have coming in what uh, you know how much those services are going to cost coming up with the total for the day I'm also planning who am I going to make sure I ha- take time to curl and photograph or style in such a way that I want to photograph or take video content of and like really working that into my book as if it were money because it is like it you know making sure that you have time for that content is just investing in yourself investing in your social media because that yeah. in turn is going to gain you new clientele mm-hmm. and social media is free to to do you know mm-hmm. I mean I just paid for a face a Facebook ad for the very first time ever and I've had Facebook since 2006 so it's been a free tool for me to use up until this point and I, I chose to do that ad and I just wanted to see what would happen right so Instagram is I mean such a such an incredible tool if you didn't listen to our Instagram mainly Instagram um episode with Blake Reed Evans uh, that we did a a handful of weeks back like go listen to it 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 was an incredible episode I learned a lot in that episode for sure Um, but it's it's almost silly to not spend your time working on your social media presence to gain you more guests because gone are the days of having to awkwardly introduce yourself and hand out your business card and like hi come see me at salon xyz like just do it on your phone or on your computer through your social media sites. And the reach is so much more, you know, you can reach thousands of people in a day versus Mm -hmm. walking around your local shopping center, handing out like 20 business cards. And like, you're probably not even going to do that. You're probably going to end up at Starbucks or your local coffee shop spending money anyway, because you're going to (laughs) feel like, okay, I I handed out five and they didn't seem interested. So now I'm defeated. (laughs) Yeah, that that may be a cautionary tale from my own experience. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to admit it out loud. Yeah. And then even with, you know, so you're going to plan your day um, and then you're going to track your day just like you would track your budget. But tracking your social media, too. So at the end of the day, you know, if I planned, I'm going to create such and such videos I want to track at the end of the day. Did I create such and such videos? Did I take pictures today like I needed to? And if I didn't, I need to do it tomorrow, you know, so just like if I didn't make as much money today as I planned, I need to do it tomorrow. So just to make sure because I'll plan out, you know, what kind of social media content that I, I want to curate. And then I, I know ahead of time, like this is this is what I'm looking to take pictures of or this is what I'm taking video of. And if I don't get that content, I need to do it later on. Yeah, I agree. And we were talking at a, at a meeting recently with my salon company and we were talking about 
as hairstylists, you know, most of us are either visual or kinesthetic learners. Kylene, you are just like the really, 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 really small minority of people who, um, who are audible learners or auditory yeah. learners. So <laughs> you are our, our little unicorn. But I mean, for the most part, visual or kinesthetic learners, like we need to write things down. And I love the fact that like our phones have like really great note taking apps and, um, you know, they're built into it or like checklists and things like that. But honestly, like for me, just a good old fashioned sticky note with like a weekly goal list or a daily goal list or just a piece of paper on a clipboard or some somewhere that I can actually cross off the things I'm accomplishing. Um, especially when you get all these ideas in your mind, like, oh, I want to create, you know, this type of social media content, or I need to get a video of, you know, my client that's coming in on Thursday, write it down. So that way it's a visual thing. You can see it again, like that whole concept, what you can see, you can control what you can't see Mm -hmm. controls you. So if you can see your list and you can then check things off, you're going to feel so much more accomplished as well. For sure. Something I really like to do is when I make a to-do list, I like to also write down things that I definitely am going to do anyway, or maybe something I've already done (laughs) and check it off. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I have three things on my to-do list crossed out. I'm so ahead of the game today. That's amazing. (laughs) I actually should try that. Like every Wednesday, <laughs> I have like things I have to do. I have to put in our, you know, our salon centric order. I have to do payroll, but I still put it on my list. So that way it's like two things done. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it definitely builds endorphins. There there might yeah. be a study on that. I'm sure I'll go find it on the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. That's so funny. Um, I have a chalkboard wall in my office that... um. I wrote down, like, at the beginning of the year, I wrote down personal goals and professional goals. You know what I wrote under personal goals this year? What? More time at home. Oh. And guess what? <laughs> Pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> Amazing so how the So there's a big works. old check mark next to that one. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. At the beginning of, um, at the beginning of the calendar year, when I sit down with my team at the salon, we do set up what are like three to five professional goals. And, you know, after a couple months, we check back in on those goals. You know, how how is it going? Are you still focusing on those same goals or have your goals changed? And then Mm -hmm. it is kind of satisfying then for for me as their coach to watch how satisfying it is for them to Mm -hmm. actually get to check things off their list. And it's something I like to set up ahead of time. So, hey, you know, for your January professional development meeting make sure you have your goals ready to to go so that way they're not trying to think of it on the spot because that can sometimes really rack your brain you're just like sitting there thinking like I don't have goals I have no goals my goal is to survive survive 2021 that might that actually might be on the top of my list yeah I might that's my goal (laughs) (laughs) have a better year than 2020 was isn't that going to be on top of everyone's list yeah. Yeah. But in all, I mean, in all seriousness, like setting up goals and then like checking them off, it it really just brings like such a peace of mind. You're like, even especially if it's a goal that you think is like impossible, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have to break down your goal into smaller bite sized pieces so you can feel like it's a little bit more obtainable. But it's just such a good feeling when you can cross those bad boys off your list. 
even the things you do on a regular basis, like making sure your employees are paid and yeah. your groceries are purchased. <laughs> sure. Check. <laughs> All right. I feel like this was a really solid conversation that we had today. So in the sake of closing up this conversation, Kylene, do you have any last advice to give on this like subject of budgeting, planning, tracking, any of the above? I do. I have a couple different like points because, you know, in our the beauty of our industry is we have a lot of different fields of how we work, right? So we might have some independent contractors listening, some owners, some commission stylists. So um, I kind of want to speak to like the the day to day stylist first off. So if you if you aren't planning and tracking your day, I just urge you to start like literally at the beginning of the day, write down what you have on your schedule, and add it up, and then see where you could possibly add on a little bit of money, and then at the end of the day, track your day and see where you know where you started out, where you ended. When I started doing that, like. I, it just was a huge, a huge eye-opener to me to see what kind of um, bonus money I was making rather than just like what I started out with on my book. And then for the like owner or independent, independent contractor um, end of things, really be strict with yourself about having a budget and spending the time every month because um, I'm just going to speak from experience as a person who... Uh, procrastinates things that actually aren't that difficult. <laughs> I, uh, I procrastinate something and then I do it and I'm like, wow, that only took me 10 minutes. Why did I put it off for five months? If you every month sit down and track what you did, guess what? It makes it so much easier. You don't have to do it all at once at tax time. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> so true. So budgeting, setting that budget, but then going back at the um, at the end of the month and seeing really where you spent that money is so important. So you know heading into next month what that budget can actually look like. That's huge. So what kind of advice, Molly, do you have when it comes to the money talk? Well, I definitely think that a great place to start is just start small. You know, think of that snowball effect. I did a little bit of quick math. You know, if you put $5 away, even $5 into an envelope or a a lockbox and throw away the key like I had to basically, or, you know, a trusted friend holding onto your money for you, $5 a day for one calendar year, you would have around $1,800, $1,825 to be exact, if you don't mm-hmm. miss a day. So imagine, you know, to me, when I first started setting money aside, that was like a really big aha for me was, wow, I could just have, you know, $1,800 without even thinking about it. You know, that's a daily, a daily coffee. And I'm not saying you have to get rid of your daily coffee in order to save that money, but just take a $5 bill, five ones, Take some quarters. It doesn't even matter. All money, currency is currency, right? Set it aside and watch that money accumulate. And maybe after three months, you realize, okay, I could actually probably put $8 a day away or $10 or really go crazy and toss away 20. And you can just watch your money grow and grow and grow. And it becomes really exciting. Um, I will say being disciplined with finances is boring sometimes. For a lot of people, it might feel lame, but I promise like the end result of it is 
so worth it. It's not even funny. You know, I used to think like, well, I'm not going to be able to buy the really sweet shoes I really want this month. But guess what? No one notices or cares. Right. So put the money aside so that way you can have the life that you want to have and stop living, you know, in a moment to moment type of lifestyle. You can really plan for really great things down the line if you just start with like something simple, $5 a day. I didn't stand, but like in my mind, I gave you a standing ovation. Wow. I felt it. I felt that. We have some super exciting news to share with you. We hosted our very first Raise Sessions hands-on workshop back in September, and it was such a hit. I'm not even trying to like make myself sound really good right now. We had a blast, and our attendees had so much fun, too. We had such a great turnout that we decided we were going to do it again. So mark your calendars for November 15th. This time, we are hosting this event in Perrysburg, Ohio. So it's a really great location to get from if you are coming down from Michigan or over from Indiana, or I don't even know, heck, flying in from Wyoming if you want to. The more the merrier. All are welcome this time. We are still going to be abiding by all of our health and safety rules. To get registered for this class, head over to one of our Instagrams. You are going to find the link to get registered in one of the bios of either our Raise Education Instagram. We'll even put it in our Detangled Podcast Instagram bio so that way you know exactly where to find us. And we hope to see you. And hey, bring a friend or four. The more the merrier. We can't wait to see you at our next Raise Sessions event. Thanks so much for listening. We love to receive feedback, so please write a review if you're loving what you're hearing. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss out on the fun. Also, be sure to follow us on our Instagram, at Detangled Podcast. Until next time, this is Molly and Kylene. Thanks for tuning in.